Hello friends, it is Sean here and it is so good that you have chosen to invite me into your day so that you and I can kick off a whole another year-long plan of our Bible reading program together. How good is that? If you have a look at the show notes, you will see a link to the next 12 months and all of the goodies, the treasures that we will be unwrapping and enjoying together from God's Word. If you are just joining us today, then welcome. It is so great to have your company. And I hope that this little podcast, this community that you have joined, is able to be one that will bring you so much blessing and God's presence day by day. And if you've been here before for ages or for a little while, gee, it's good to have you back. I would hate to be doing this all by my lonesome. So it's great to have your company today. We are going to be starting off a new book of the Old Testament, and this book is an absolute gem. This is the book of Esther. Esther is set in the 5th century BC. We are going all the way back to the end of the Old Testament times. This is, as you'd remember, Babylon had come taken away poor old Israel into exile and then Persians come along and they rout the Babylonian Empire, take over and are new rulers of the roost. And how they choose to do their empire is by sending people back to their own lands so that they can govern themselves under the overarching Persian rule. And that is where we find this story. Now, the book of Esther has had a little bit of controversy over its life because it is the only book of the Bible that does not mention God. How good is that? A book of the Bible that doesn't even mention God, but God is clearly at work. And this book has the theme, and it wants us to know that even when it feels like all is lost and God is nowhere to be seen, God is active behind the scenes doing his thing. Particularly when it looks like just random events happening by chance. No, God is active and God is caring for his people. Oh, how wonderful. This is such a good story. So join me as we begin with Esther chapter 1. These events happened in the days of King Xerxes, who reigned over 127 provinces stretching from India to Ethiopia. At that time, Xerxes ruled his empire from his royal throne at the fortress of Susa. In the third year of his reign, he gave a banquet for all his nobles and officials. He invited all the military officers of Persia and Media, as well as the princes and nobles of the provinces. The celebration lasted 180 days, a tremendous display of the opulent wealth of his empire and the pomp and splendor of his majesty. When it was all over, the king gave a banquet for all the people, from the greatest to the least, who were in the fortress of Susa. It lasted for seven days and was held in the courtyard of the palace garden. The courtyard was beautifully decorated with white cotton curtains and blue hangings, which were fastened with white linen cords and purple ribbons to silver rings embedded in marble pillars. Gold and silver couches stood on a mosaic pavement of porphyry, marble, mother-of-pearl 
and other costly stones. Drinks were served in gold goblets of many designs, and there was an abundance of royal wine, reflecting the king's generosity. By edict of the king, no limits were placed on the drinking, for the king had instructed all his palace officials to serve each man as much as he wanted. At the same time, Queen Vashti gave a banquet for the women in the royal palace of King Xerxes. On the seventh day of the feast, when King Xerxes was in high spirits because of the wine, he told the seven eunuchs who attended him, Mehuman, Bista, Habona, Bigtha, Abagtha, Zetha and Carcass, to bring Queen Vashti to him with the royal crown on her head. He wanted the nobles and all the other men to gaze on her beauty, for she was a very beautiful woman. But when they conveyed the king's order to Queen Vashti, she refused to come. This made the king furious, and he burned with anger. He immediately consulted with his wise advisers, who knew all the Persian laws and customs, for he always asked their advice. The names of these men were Kashina, Sheta, Admata, Tarshish, Merez, Masina, and Mamukan, seven nobles of Persia and Media. They met with the king regularly and held the highest positions in the empire. What must be done to Queen Vashti? the king demanded. What penalty does the law provide for a queen who refuses to obey the king's orders, properly sent through his eunuchs? Memukan answered the king and his nobles, Queen Vashti has wronged not only the king, but also every noble and citizen throughout your empire. Women everywhere will begin to despise their husbands when they learn that Queen Vashti has refused to appear before the king. Before this day is out, the wives of all the king's nobles throughout Persia and Media will hear what the queen did and will start treating their husbands the same way. There will be no end to their contempt and anger. So if it please the king, we suggest that you issue a written decree, a law of the Persians and Medes that cannot be revoked. It should order that Queen Vashti be forever banished from the presence of King Xerxes, and that the king should choose another queen more worthy than she. When this decree is published throughout the king's vast empire, husbands everywhere, whatever their rank, will receive proper respect from their wives. The king and his nobles thought this made good sense, so he followed Memucan's counsel. He sent letters to all parts of the empire, to each province in its own script and language, proclaiming that every man should be the ruler of his own home, and should say whatever he pleases. Lord, as we begin another of your books, of your scripture with a message to share with us, we thank you for the way that, even when it appears that things are going on merrily without your presence, there you are in the background, with your gentle touch, guiding things in just the way that you want them. Help us to always know that you are sovereign, 
And when things seem like they're heading in the wrong direction, when it feels like grief and, and pain are winning out and that surely can't be your will, help us to release our life into your hands, knowing that the scope of your plans far outstretch our own imagination. And that in the fullness of time, your plan will be revealed, even though it may make no sense at all in the moment. So Jesus, we surrender to you our plans and our lives and pray that you would have your way. We lift you up and place you in the center of all the plans that we have, for they are yours. And it's in your name that we pray, Jesus. Amen. Amen.